Hey everyone, I just wanted to make a quick announcement before we begin the episode. It's back to school month. Some of you are still at home, maybe doing distance learning. Some of you are back at school with your friends and your teachers, hopefully using safety measures. Obviously, Chad is much more busy than they were before, so that means less time for the podcast. Because of this, we're going to start putting out episodes every other week, starting today. As always, if you'd like to be featured on the show, email us at gendereuphoriapodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your support. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Hi, Chad. Hey, Mom. So in this episode, we discuss an interesting topic. Representation in media. Specifically. LGBT representation in media. We brought in a special guest to discuss it with us. Yeah. <laughs> would, would it be appropriate to say queer representation in media? Yeah. Okay. Well, you could just say LGBT plus. Not queer? Is it not okay to say queer? It like, depends on the person. Yeah, it depends on the person. Okay. I just want to make sure that I'm being like, respectful and inclusive. Queer representation. You're, you also mean the same thing. It's just LGBT. Yeah. It's like saying... Um, we're talking about cats, specifically kitties. Like, it doesn't change anything. So it's basically like saying the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So it's interchangeable. LGBT uh, is interchangeable hard. with queer, or does it depend? I mean, because I know the that... people use it. I know that there are some people who... I think my generation and older, a lot of us don't like queer because it was used in a derogatory way. Mm-hmm. There are, I think, a lot who don't like to use it or don't feel comfortable using it because it feels like a slur. But I've well, also... It was used as a slur for a while. Right. It seems like the queer community has kind of taken it back and claimed it. It's still uh, according to individual experience. Right. That makes sense. Well, okay. A little lesson for me. Yeah. So why don't we get on with it then? Okay. <clears throat> There is a note, there is one perfect way of being And I know that I will find it out someday And there are times when I find myself repeating Every stupid thing I swore I'd never say But I will rise, I will face the morning laughing And I'll try and find myself along the way But there are days that I keep myself from crying as I try and face another god. Hello and welcome to Gender Euphoria, where we amplify the voices of LGBTQ plus teens by listening to their stories and experiences growing up in American society. Today we have a special guest, my very own oldest daughter, Aiko. Hi. So we're talking about LGBTQ plus representation in media, or for some queer representation in media, whichever you're most comfortable using. This topic came up this week when we were talking about ideas for other episodes, and we considered a few ideas, and Aiko actually suggested that we discuss representation in media. So what do you mean by representation in media? Well, when I say representation, I mean like movies, TV shows, most of the representation I see, I guess, coming of age or teen movies or stuff like that. Yeah. is mostly representation of gay teenagers 
and they're seen as this like overly obscene sexually driven person yeah and that's not what we are most of us anyway that's not what most of us are yeah there are some good representations but mostly in like children's media which is good but i like to see like more teen or young adult media um that isn't overly sexualized because that's not what most game relationships are about and it's not realistic all the time I get where it's coming from. I think that they're trying to say that this exists in kind of an overt way. Like, this exists and you need to get used to it, which I think is important. That people understand that these are valid relationships and at times sexual relationships as well. And I understand that media is a force for that. It it can often help society accept when it becomes more saturated in media. It becomes more normalized. However... I also understand that it is important for queer youth to be able to look at these examples and say, that is like me. I think what you're saying is that sometimes you look at these representations and you feel like that is not representative of you. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people build how they perceive the world based off of what they see on media. A lot of people would see that and assume that that's what LGBTQ plus teens are all the time and there's also the problem of just in general teens are often sexualized in media a lot of shows about teens involve those teens in sexual situations it's pretty common but especially with lgbt teens that's all they get yeah it seems to center on this highly sexualized person who just wants to have sex and that that's all they're thinking about. And and I granted, it makes sense that teenagers are thinking about sex a lot, but that shouldn't be their focus. There's just more to life than sex. And I feel like a lot of shows don't really show that. Right. You feel that it's exploitative? Yeah. And objectifying of teens. Right. Just, in general. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes the actors that are in those roles as teenagers, aren't actually teenagers. Technically, they're not teenagers, so it's okay if they're doing, you know, over-sexualized scenes in TV, but that doesn't change the fact that they're portraying a teenager, living the life of a teenager. And teenagers that are watching it are going to think that this is how it should be and how they should be. I just don't like anything that, like, sexualizes teenagers or minors. I mean, that's just really gross. I feel like gross when I watch it. I know they're adult actors, but still just knowing that the character is a child and we're watching it is just gross to me. Really gross. Right. Teenagers have sex. Teenagers want sex, but... Yeah, but we don't have to watch it. It doesn't have to be media. Yeah, that doesn't need to happen for, for teenagers to be comfortable with their sexuality. It doesn't need to be displayed in TV and film. It's just like an inaccurate portrayal. And it gives young teens and preteens and even children these ideas and expectations of their future experiences. And then they don't have those experiences and they're like, well, what's wrong with me? I thought this was supposed to happen. I remember when I was 
in middle school and I watched these movies with like house parties and drugs and alcohol and I was like, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I going to go to house parties and do all this stuff? The high school experience? I mean, yeah, you might experience it. Depends on your group of friends and your personal experiences. But it's not everyone's experience. I don't know anyone that threw house parties and my parents weren't going to let me throw a house party. Are you kidding? They didn't even like leaving me home alone. Ever. Do you think I would let you guys have a house party with all your friends? I don't have friends. Depends on the type of house party. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't just leave and be like, later guys, the alcohol's in the cabinet. Have fun. No, if you did, you would be supervising. Yeah, I definitely would be supervising. And anytime you guys have had your friends over, it's been super tame. To me, it kind of begs the question of, if they're all adults, why not put it in a college setting? Which would alleviate a lot of the problems, I feel. I mean, maybe our experience is different than others, but it just doesn't seem accurate. I'm just a nerd. (laughs) Your parties include D&D and tea. We need more geek portrayal that isn't the um, punching bag. Yes. Yeah. Or just like overly cringy. Because yeah. when I, whenever I see the nerds in shows, it was just kind of cringy and not an accurate portrayal of... They're awkward and socially inept. Yeah. I mean, most of us are, but not all of us. There are some extroverted nerds out there. I yeah. mean, if there weren't, then we wouldn't have all the nerdy stuff that we have. Yeah. I mean, who would make the nerdy stuff if there's no extroverted nerdies? <laughs> I mean, nerds. I like nerdies. (laughs) (laughs) We're all my nerdies. (laughs) Nerdies in solidarity. (laughs) There's also the issue of a lot of representation focuses solely on their identity as an LGBT person. Mm -hmm. They can't just be LGBT and have plot unrelated to it. There always has to be a problem there always has to be some homophobe there always has to be some inner struggle and i feel like sometimes we need something light or something that doesn't really focus all too much on that yeah do you think you've ever seen representation in media that you felt was representative of you yeah the rebooted shira does a good job with that i feel like a show called the owl house is much better at it. Some of it is a little romantic, but it's mostly just not. It has other things involved as well. The romantic part is more of a subplot than anything. Yeah. And I like that. I've heard in the past that people in the LGBTQ plus community don't like it when it's not made explicitly clear that someone is part of the community. They want it to be made clear. They don't want it to be just a side note. Yeah, with representation, you have to find a balance. The whole point is to be out and proud, happy. Mm -hmm. If it's not explicit, then it's not really much representation. If it's all about that, then it's just kind of weird, in my opinion. There's a lot of argument about what's good representation and what's not good representation. There will be internal debates about um, whether or not a character is portrayed in a positive light, whether or not villain characters should be allowed to be lgbt things like that there's no one way to do it there's no one right way to do it yeah and that's also kind of the point the community is diverse right and there should be multiple different kinds of people to represent every part of the community but i i think we've come a good way in representation 
especially in children's media. It's gotten better. I think, too, with children's media, I mean, they can't put the sexuality in there. I mean, that would cause issues with parents. Well, it already does, even without sexuality. Just the mention of it, people. There has been a show where a character explicitly said that he was gay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying there isn't. I'm just saying that you're going to. It is rare, yeah. And then when it does happen, you always have some groups of parents who think that yeah they shouldn't be showing those kinds of characters. And we're moving away from that. We're moving away from listening to those groups, which I think is wonderful. And we are doing better. But I, I'm really happy to hear from you guys where you think we could do better because I think it's important. Yeah, there should be a focus on both the appreciation of what we've gotten and also a yearning for more, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there should be a good balance of that. Yeah, definitely. Because it's it's pretty neat what we have so far. We have a gay wedding. We have a character saying they're gay. We have characters calling each other girlfriend or boyfriend. Kisses. Mm-hmm. Things like that. That's pretty cool to see. And romantic love that is very deep. I've seen that in uh, Steven Universe mm-hmm. where the gems are all female and they have relationships with each other. Or re- really, they don't have a gender, or they are female? Um, they don't have a gender, but they use she, her pronouns. It's kind of a non-binary situation. Mm-hmm. Because they're gems, and they don't really need gender. What are some tropes you see in media regarding LGBTQ plus individuals? Barrier gays. Um, Sorry, what? Barrier gays. What are barrier gays? Uh, it's when they kill the gay characters. That's what it's called? Yeah. Bury as in bury them. Oh, bury gays. Oh. Yeah, like... Like they're they're there, but they're only there to die? Yeah. Oh. You know, that happens a lot with minority characters as well. Yeah. I guess any minority, really. Yeah. I don't know the trope name for this, but oftentimes you'll see characters that are there with minor lines or not there for much in the story. Yeah, the token character. Oftentimes you'll see like, a token gay person and maybe they'll say a couple lines and that, that's it or they'll help someone pick out their outfit or something yeah something small yeah i know i know what you're talking about and that was very very popular in the 90s probably 2000s as well gay characters have not been given um bigger roles until fairly recently in media in movies and tv and even animation yeah you know and a lot of times too when there was a gay character they never said they were gay Mm-hmm. It was implied or it was just not discussed at all, not even implied at all. It was just, you know, some flamboyant gentleman that worked at a hotel or something. You know, oh, it's like every time in shows, I've never once seen like a manly gay person, like a bear. You know, you know, I'm yeah. familiar. It's with always just like this flamboyant gay. Yeah, more often than not, it'll be a skinny gay man who's very flamboyant. It's kind of annoying at this point. Not that I don't like it, but it's a little overused, and not all gay people look like that. I'm tired of seeing flamboyant everywhere in media. Yeah. It's kind of like what the straight white people think a gay person is. Right, and a lot of of times those characters are played by straight men. Yeah. You may play it convincingly, but that's not okay. There needs to be more representation of real people. Not just some um, stereotypes. The first time I remember seeing a very masculine representation of a gay man 
in media was probably the the TV show Six Feet Under. One of the main characters had a boyfriend. He was a black gay man and he was muscular and very like what you would consider stereotypically masculine. Mm -hmm. He wasn't what some would call flamboyant at all. He was, I guess what people call like passing as straight. Mm. I thought that was really refreshing to see. And even then I knew there were gay people out there who people don't even know are gay because they're looking for feminine mannerisms and they're thinking this is what a gay person is. Sexuality and gender expression are two separate things. Mm -hmm. They're not the same and they don't always line up the way you think they will. And it's important to remember that when you encounter someone, because I mean, I've heard people say, oh, that person's gay. Well, they don't act gay. Well, what does that even mean? Yeah. And funny enough, I've seen people who are rejected by society begin to reject other ideals and other ways to fit in. Within the community, there are like things that we consider quote unquote mm. gay. It's mostly a joke. However, if you reject certain parts of society that you'll reject the idea that you have to fit in. Mm-hmm. But what a gay person thinks another gay person would look like is very different from what a straight person would think a gay person would look like. It's very different. I like to keep the rule, you don't know anyone until they explicitly tell you. Yeah. And it's better to just be respectful and not assume. Yeah. What would you like to see more of in media? Non-binary people. Oh, yes. I'm with you on that. Lesbians. Accurately portray lesbians. Polyamorous couples. That aren't sex crazed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oftentimes those who are in like open relationships in media are often portrayed as just unhappy in their marriage or just promiscuous and it's not portrayed in a positive way. Yeah. It's like, oh, you just haven't found the right man or woman. Do you feel like you do have role models for yourselves in media? No. I look up to Maria Brink from In This Moment, the band. And I also look up to Taylor Momsen, who's from The Pretty Reckless. And Chris Motionless, who's from Motionless and White. I look up to a lot of musicians. Yeah. And what about those people do you admire? Their views on life, their confidence in themselves and who they are, who they want to portray themselves as. I think that's really cool. And I just really look up to them because of that. It is inspiring when you see someone be their true selves despite opposition. I know for Taylor Momsen, she got a lot of pushback from the fact that she she wasn't a little girl anymore. And she made it clear, like Cindy Lou Who, that's a character I played. That's not me. None of the characters I played in TV or film were me. They were characters. This is me. Who I am now is who I am. And I, I thought that was really brave of her to just be like, look, you may not like this, but this is who I am. I, all I can do is be my true self. There's not a lot of people I admire, and the list has grown increasingly short as people disappoint you. But there is someone I do admire. They're my friend, and they're pretty cool. It's nice that you have people in your life you can look up to. That's how we learn, by looking to each other. When you're babies, you learn by watching the people around you. How do they act? What do they do? And you learn from that. And I don't think that ever goes away. I think you always look to each other to know what's appropriate and what's good and 
we can learn good lessons and bad lessons from people. But I think as you get older, you start to realize that some people aren't worth looking up to and some people are. And that changes over time. Who you admire now might change in five to 10 years. And that's okay. Do you have any advice for teens like yourselves who are taking in this media? Media is inherently flawed. So just keep that in mind. Sometimes you got to experience things for yourself and not rely on media to tell you how things should or should not be. And if you don't fit what the mold is that media is portraying you to be, then don't be that. Punch it. Gouge its eyes out. Punch the mold. Break the mold. Be different. What advice would you give to parents? Don't assume your child is straight. If you're having a baby, don't assume that baby's going to be straight. I mean, it's a good rule of thumb not to assume anything about your child because you haven't gotten to know them yet. Yeah. If you could talk to media executives, producers, directors, what would you say to filmmakers about queer representation? Do your research. Do your research. Hire LGBT people. Yeah. Representation matters. Yeah. At least five. You have to research from them. We are talking about also writing the characters. And I think that when they're writing these characters, you need to research what it's like to actually be a person in this But if the writers are LGBT. Yes. Well, that, of course, it should start there, but that's not always the case. And not all writers are LGBT, but they're still still going to want to represent different people in their stories yeah just, you can't I'm paint saying, a live model without the model I'm, I'm just saying there's plenty of lgbt writers out there yes there just are just hire lgbt writers yes sensitivity writers yes if you want to write a character that's from a specific demographic talk to people that are part of that group listen to those people when they make a suggestion take it when they give you a warning take it if they say hey this is problematic Take it out. If they have a knife, accept it. (laughs) You're gonna die. This has been Gender Euphoria Podcast. Special thanks to the yellow dress for our intro and outro music, Tummy in the Blood. If you or someone you love is in need of support, please visit the resources listed in our episode notes. You can find us on Twitter with at Gen Euphoria Pod. If you're interested in being featured on our show, email us at gender euphoria podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Another goddamn day